0: You know, I was told I'm too loud for country. I'm too country for rock. Where do I fit in all this bullshit?
1: Welcome to the Gary Scott Thomas Show. Here's what we know. The podcast with unexpected conversations. Listen each week as we engage in unscripted conversations where we'll be just as surprised as you will be with where the dialogue goes. So join us each week and be privy to the captivating conversations that are sure to ensue. Here's your host, Gary Scott Thomas.
2: All right. Welcome to the latest edition of Here's What We Know. I, I don't know. I think we're on episode 63, 64, 65. I don't know. I'm not good with numbers, right? Me and the mathy mathy, we don't work, but I am so excited because today I have a guy who's got over a million subscribers to his YouTube channel. And I am excited to talk about this guy. I have deep dived into him and I love it. His name is Manny Blue. Take a listen to this.
0: I'm a But just look in the middle, playing it safe
2: Okay, if you ever ask me what the sound it is, I dig that right there. I like that sound. Manny Blue, how the hell are you? Damn, what an intro. How you doing? Well, I am I'm excited to talk to you because, you know, one of the things when I started this podcast, one of the things I love talking to people People who have really interesting stories, and dude, you know I'm not telling you anything when I say you got a really interesting story.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Depending on uh, who you ask, I guess.
2: Oh man, it, 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 it's it's so cool. First of all, the fact that uh, you have to know, uh, Manny, Manny grew up in Montreal, huh? Sure did. And and are yeah. you are you bilingual? Yes, I am. Wow, English
0: predominant, but but I I learned French. Uh, I, I can speak French fluently still. So, um, and uh, yeah, so bilingual, but but not French Canadian is is uh, just the the clarification on that. Yeah. Because um, people people call me French Canadian. That's just it's just not accurate. I mean, it's, you know, nothing wrong with it. It's just. Yeah.
2: I I took a French class in college because I was an English lit major. And uh, I uh, at the end of the at the end of the class, you had to give a five minute speech in French. Right. And I couldn't I couldn't speak French with both hands. But what I did is I got a joke book and translated the jokes into French and. And my, and my, my teacher, my professor was so happy to have somebody do something different that he was literally helping me during the speech. I would stumble on a word and he'd go, Oh, don't <laughs> do And then afterwards he told me, listen, you can't speak French. It, you, you, once you get past French toast, you have used up your language skills. But the fact that you <laughs> looked at a different way of doing it, I'm going to give you a B and get you the hell out of my class.
0: That is that is a beauty move by that guy. That's cool, but also yourself. Well, it, you gotta, it, everyone's gotta you gotta appreciate creativity, right?
2: Well, that is what you do, right? I mean, because like when I say you have this thing, you you grew up in Montreal. Did you? This is almost sacrilegious. I grew up in Alabama, and people ask me if I played football, so I have to ask you: Did you uh-huh. play hockey?
0: Yeah, started skating at two years old. Started playing hockey at four. I played all through elementary, high school, uh, played a year of junior. Um, yeah, but along with that, I, I, you know, I played soccer in the summer and, uh, I played a little football. I was a kicker because I was playing soccer. So when I went to college, They're like, Hey, do you want to go play football? I'm like, there's, what would I like? There's nothing for me to do. Um, and, uh, the, the coach was started. He was taking over this new program and he's like, yo, could just come kick the ball for us? That'd be fun. And I'm like, okay, let me think about it. So I did. I did. So that was fun. So I got to play football a little bit too. And then, uh, well, moved into MMA. So,
2: Okay. Yeah, a lot of sports. You notice how he just he just made that quick little slide thing that I moved into MMA? He just kinda threw that in there, <laughs> you know. Because let me tell you, one of these things ain't not just one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> not like the other. <laughs> mma yeah that's a different breed dude it's one thing to kick a football it's another thing to ride you know run around in skates with a stick but it's one uh, something else to get into an octagon and go no i'm gonna kick your ass that's what i'm gonna do
0: yeah how in the world that was that was the thing yeah sorry go ahead no no go ahead i'm just saying
2: how in the world did you go down that route
0: i'm very competitive um, so uh, you know, I always towed the line in any sport I, I played with not with an anger, but just with the fact that you know, a little bit of I always liked players that were very intimidating. Um, and so I think I kind of embodied that in any sport that I did. Um, and I think I at one point it just became a you know, when I realized I wasn't going to play hockey past a certain level, like the rest of my friends. Um it was like, well, what's the next level of competition that I could do? And and hand to hand combat is the most uh purest um way of kind of competing. Uh and I think it's even more so than boxing, only in the fact that there's more rules. Like there's I guess less rules, more more things you can do, more things that you gotta look out for. Um and so it was kind of the idea. He would go, Oh, you're doing MMA. Hey, you want to get you're okay getting you punched in the face? You, like you're fine with it? It's like, well, sure, that's part of it, but the other part is I get to do it too, um, and that that's kind of the that's kind of the the angle I took was, hey, I could I'll take it, but I get to give it back, and and so that was sort of the the mentality throughout the whole thing, and um, I always had a little bit of that spunk or a little bit of that competition or a little bit of, and it was never anger, and I had I had coaches be like, yo, you're such a you know, calm guy off, uh, out of off the field or off the ice or whatever. But somehow you play with this anger. And I had taken a yellow card and I was uh, was playing high school soccer and coach took me off. He goes, you have to calm down. I go, coach, I'm fine. I said, you told me that the yellow cards don't accumulate. So I'm okay. I I get one a game. So I'm good now. And he's like, I just don't understand how you, what, what he, and he was, he was flabbergasted. So it was quite, um, you know, I think it was always within, and I think that that goes in, in just about, I think I've calmed down a little bit, but I think that I've got that, I've got a little edge there. Uh, I think I, I was just kind of born with, and, uh, and I've taken it throughout my whole life. So MMA was just kind of that massive relief where, uh, or release, I guess, where I could just let it all, let it all go. And, and, and the, the. Thing was just trying to stay technical, I guess. Uh, but yeah,
2: you said you'd like to be intimidating at everything you did, so you're telling me you were an intimidating kicker in football. I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, it you know what? I don't, I don't know. Hey, I A, I, try, I tried to go make some hits. I got completely blindsided blocked one time, and that that made me maybe you know question whether I wanted to to run up the field uh, as intently as I did. But you know, everyone had this idea of of um, kickers actually. Uh, we, I, before practice one, one game, there was a, or a practice one day, um, there was a linebacker that I, that he was just yapping off at me. And I was like, dude, you know, let's like, we don't have to do this. And um, he shoved me and says, what are you going to do kicker? So, but I, and I, and I had already done, you know, I think two years of MMA at the time. So I, I, I knew I saw his movement and I was like, Ooh, I can get him here and make a statement. And so, when he, I said, you you won't do that again because you're gonna be in four one. And he goes, Yeah, what are you gonna do? And he did it again with the same movement that I knew he would. And I arm dragged him with his wrestling move, grabbed his back, picked him up, and just kind of pile drived him down to the to the ground. Um, and everybody kind of lost their lost their shit a little bit. <laughs> and it was like, what the heck? Our kicker, our kicker just did that to the linebacker. And I'm like, Yo, guys, I mean, I'm I'll be a nice guy and I'm friends with everybody. I don't have to compete for position or anything. But so, like, don't don't shove me either. You
2: know what I mean. It's the competitive so. nature you brought up. I have a I have a friend of mine. <laughs> and matter of fact, I have two friends who played in the NHL. Right? They 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 both played in the met, nice. and, and I sent one of them. He and I love to deep dive on country music. And I sent him. I said, "Oh, Manny Blue, have you found? Have you found Manny Blue?" And he's from Canada, of course, and and I, and he loves sure. he loves the Canadian guys. And so I I sent it to him, and I'm like, he's like, "All right, I'm in on this. I'm all in on this." And I'm like, oh, "All right, great. cool." So just so you know, and. (laughs) Then I told him that you, you know, you were you were doing MMA, and he's like, "Oh wow, you don't hear that a lot." And I'm like, "Yeah, but but it's the competitive nature." I get back to both of these guys I know are literally two of the sweetest guys I've ever met. I mean, they are as cool and calm and collected and and just just borderline teddy bears. But I remember one of my friends telling me, listen, what he played, he goes, when I got on that ice, when I got in the rink, Mm. it wasn't even just being on the ice, Gary. It was when I got in the rink, he goes, that was my boxing ring, right? When I got in the Mm -hmm. ring, when I I walked into the building, everything changed for me. And I was going to win everything I did. It didn't matter if it was getting showered first. It didn't matter, whatever. I was going to win everything I did. And he ended up having a long NHL career, but he goes, that's how I always approached it. And, and, and it was channeling that, channeling that competitiveness. And he goes, but it was always hard for me to pull it back. Cause he's got young kids. He goes, it was always hard for me to pull it back. He goes, because I don't even want my kids when they were four years old, beating me in a game of anything. And he goes, trying to find a way to channel that. Was that ever a, a situation for you? The competitive nature? Or has it always been, has it always been a plus? Or has it ever been a detriment?
0: Um, no, I think there's been, certainly there's been some, uh, some moments where, uh, I think growing up, I was called a sore loser. And I, I don't know if it was necessarily that or more so the fact that I just hated to lose. I just didn't want to lose and, and it would ruin my day if I did. Um, so, but I've, I've put some, some charity hockey tournaments with the NHL guys and, um, and the particular individual who put on the, the tournament is in the, we're in the finals against his team. And he, you know, he's 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 quite a a household name in the in the in the show right now. And I see him diving and blocking shots in a summer charity game. I'm like, this guy, and, and no kidding, he's got you know the cups he does. But I'm watching him dive for for a three on three hockey. I'm watching him dive blocking shots in the final of his own charity tournament. And I was like, man, there there's there's a there's a difference. I mean, I'm competitive, but there's that, that extra level of those guys, the 1% of the 1% that can, that can, that have that in them is just, and then make it to that level, you know, and can keep doing it constantly. It's is, is quite uh, fascinating to, to watch and see. So uh, I get it.
2: It's uh, it's funny, uh it's, as I as I casually name drop here, like I'm a big damn deal, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not, but uh, a buddy of mine has been the uh, announcer for our, our our Sharks team forever, and he was telling me, he goes, you know what, he goes, what pisses me off is he goes, when you hear fans go, that guy sucks, that guy yeah. sucks, and he goes, that guy literally was the best player in his, his school, the best player in his city, the yeah. best player in his province, one of the best players in his country, and one of the the few best players in the world that guy could kick your ass yeah. everywhere wearing boots using using a piece of rope playing hockey he goes but you forget that he's playing against all the other best players that guy does not suck right yeah
0: no i know i know it, 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 it's just guys it's like they want to criticize goalies and they want to criticize all these players and it's like yo, know there's there's levels to this game and you know there's only a few that are the ovechkins and you know, that, that kind of level of, of, of skill and talent. So, I mean, yeah. How well, and i quite honestly, that's why I enjoy going to the, the Preds game so much is because I, I'm used to being in Montreal where everyone in the crowd is saying we should trade that guy for that guy, or we should, you know, this guy should be running the power play or this guy should be on the half wall and all these things. And it's really, we just want the yellow, the yellow team to win. Go pray. Really. You know what I mean? So it's like cheer for the damn team. And, and who cares? I mean, I think the the people in place, for the most part, on uh, most NHL teams, I think have a pretty good idea of who should be where. So, um and it's always not e- it's not that easy to trade players. And know much of all seems like we need a top line center. Why don't we go get so and so? Why don't we? And um so, but but I enjoy being in Nashville and going to the Pred games and cheering for for the Preds and and you know yelling and screaming when they score and cheering uh, for the so Yellow it's been team. It's been cool in that.
2: Yeah, they go, go yellow. Yeah, go I love yellow. that, man. I love you know? that. That's the best line. I just cheer for the yellow team. Can the yellow team win? That's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I care about, really. I mean, what, what else? Well, I mean, with the people, the way it comes in, it surprises me how adults think, right? So I've got an 11 year old, and my 11 year old be like, because yeah. we live in the Bay Area, my 11 year old is like, hey, why can't we get Tom Brady to be our quarterback? Why can't we get Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. They don't understand the business of it or whatever, right? And it's like, yeah. I, you know, and, and why why can't we go out and get LeBron James to play with Steph Curry? Why why can't we? And sure. uh, and, and yeah. you don't expect that from an 11-year-old, right? But come on, when you're 42, yeah. when you're 42 and a mortgage, yeah. come on. Just grow up a little <laughs> damn bit. all I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: get some kind of understanding of how the how the game works, man. <laughs> how now? Would you went it,
2: what made you go into MMA? What was the what was the thing that just? And we're going to get to, to your country music career because there's there's so much of it I <laughs> love about <laughs> you, uh, you know. But I knew, uh, as I said, I love people's stories, and I love the fact that that you're just so damn open and honest with your story. I just I'm getting the biggest kick out of it. Yeah. What made you go? Cool. MMA. All right. So there's that. <laughs>
0: well, I had a buddy who was doing uh, karate um, every Saturday morning, you know, throughout while we were in high school. And uh, his trainer was George St. Pierre's uh, um, head trainer, uh, for the Hobby. So Saturday morning, karate classes, that the Hobby would do it. And, and he was kept telling me, yeah, you know, and he was getting me into the UFC a little bit and watching it. And then George St. Pierre came and fought him. There was, uh, it was UFC 113. It was uh, Shogun and Machida, too. Uh, we went to the Bell Center in Montreal to, to watch the fight. St. Pierre wasn't fighting on that one. Um, and then a few events later, it came back to Montreal and he was headlining uh, against Koschek. And I said, this is absolutely insane. I love this. And, you know, knowing that I, I didn't really, I, I knew, you know, hockey wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to go play college. I definitely wasn't going to go play pro um and so i said what's what's left to do like besides just play i could play for fun you know i still play uh men's league or whatever and and i get to play with my dad and my brother my brother actually went out and played in France um he's quite a good hockey player but um i I get to still play with everybody that i love my my you know my uh i was gonna say my girlfriend she's not now my fiance she played uh pro hockey as well so i get to play with everybody anyway um and so at that time in my life i go i get to play with my dad and my brother and and and, you know um this is cool so i don't have to keep going so what what is the next sort of step here for me to you know to keep competing and keep fighting for something i you know no pun intended there but uh i fell in love with mma and my buddy he goes just come to karate class and and, you know and see if you like it i go nah i just want to jump into mma let's just do it i want to learn how to you know at the time i thought was kickboxing but really it's muay thai which i I, you know my trainer was was more natural at so naturally i got better at that quicker uh wrestling jiu-jitsu were a little more challenging but i said hey man let's just let's just dive in there and and let's get this done um i want to i didn't know how to start so i called the trainer i think my mom knew who had trained he was a, uh, a strength trainer for a lot of the a lot of the guys that were training out of TriStar and uh he goes. Well, I come to the gym and I'll put you with one of one of my my guys who one of the fighters who who are, I think would be a really good coach for you. I said, "Cool, let's do it." And four years later, uh, I fought and he picked me up over his shoulder and um, we have a. I still I don't I don't fight anymore. No, do I train really? But um, you know, we still have a really really close friendship and uh, uh, we're quite we're quite tight. And uh, you know, it's, it's a friendship. You know, you go through something like that. You go through the absolute darkest places you know to try to get through the the, the training you know and uh you, you develop a relationship so tight with, with this person because he he's, he did everything i did and and more like way more than i ever did you know and so he he's experienced it all fought with broken foot broken ribs broken hand um and so the training that i'm fucking i'm gassed and i'm tired and you know, my hands hurt a little bit and my feet hurt a little bit. Uh, my ankle swollen. He's like, that's just, you know, buck up, buddy. And I get, get it done. And, you know, you go through those things and he's spending see that smirk every time we trained, I thought he was so mad at me. And by the time the last bell came in, he would just smile and go, wow, that was a hell of a job. I got that. I got it from you. And I'm like, damn, he get he got me every time, every time I thought he was mad at me. And I'm like, man, just go harder. Come on now. Like he goes, that's it, and I'm like, well, no, that's not it. I'm fucking gassed, though, and he's like, I don't care. And so, uh, you know, and then he slapped me in the face. I think he accidentally hit and hit me in a grilling shot, and I knew he didn't do it on purpose because he kind of froze and was like, nah, keep going, keep going. And so I was like, oh my god. So um, there there were some really really tough tough sessions and some some dark moments. And then you just have to you have to dig deep, dude, and, and you have to come out with that. And so when you go through through something like that with somebody uh alongside you, you know you're on the same team uh that bond stays forever and uh his name's Nordin taleb and he's he's doing he's coaching now i think in uh in uh, at dubai but uh yeah we're still tightly we message we Facetime, on and um it's uh for sure a sort of a friendship that is like no other that that will last forever
2: how was there ever any fear? Because see, that's where that's where us normal people live, Manny. All right. Not you psycho <laughs> bitches like you. Us us, us, us us normal people live here. And and like the idea the idea of crawling into a, a an octagon with anybody would scare the hell out of me. Yeah. How in the world yeah. was there ever any fear involved? Or did you have the fear beaten out of you in in no. in, in soccer, in football, in hockey? I, I, was there ever f- any fear at any point in any of those, much less MMA?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you play, there's always a little bit of fear that, you, you know, you never want to have a, a, a career-ending injury or, uh, you know, you know a life-altering kind of injury. So there's always that in mind, but you kind of have to let that go, and, and it'll just be what it'll be, Um MMA was, I remember driving to training to sparring night and it was like, it was awkward time, but I was still in high school or, uh, it was an awkward time in the day after school. I think it was like five or six. So I didn't really have time to go home and eat really. And it was too early to go to the gym. So it was always this battle. And, um, I remember driving and being at the red light and just watching people walking in and out of like the corner store and the gas station and just doing regular, Regular people' shit, you know, uh, going to buy a a Gatorade or a monster energy or whatever they were doing, pumping gas, and I'm like, man, I wish I was them right now. I, you know, I wish I was just doing a regular thing, and I, here I am in, the, in my car a red light on my way to go fight somebody quite literally. Um, so there was all, the, for sure there was nerves, but once you get in the cage and you get hit once or twice, you kind of you know it it becomes muscle memory and and uh, um you kind of just gotta figure it out. You know, uh, and once it was done, it felt so good and it was fun. And honestly, once I got, once I started, you know, doing better, and I had sparred some, some guys that are still currently fighting in the UFC or former guys that were fighting in the UFC. And, um, at one time I, I was so gassed and I didn't even know who was in the cage with me at that point. I was just like, fuck, get me out of here. Uh, and I was getting ready for my fight. Now, I think he was coming off of injury, um, or, or, or starting his camp. So he was sparring with the amateur. So, um, you know, it's not like, but I, I did really, really well against a, guy, a veteran of the UFC, and I had no idea it was him. I'm just like, yo, know, my, my trainer was like, "Oh my god, that was insane!" You know, I'm like, okay, "I don't care, take my mouth going out. take my gear off, unwrap my fucking gloves. I'm, I'm done. Just take the, all this shit off of me right now." And um, then later, years later, he's like, "Remember when you had that, you know, uh, that sp- sparring round with so and so?" And he goes, "That was." And he goes, "I know you. He was, you were tight." He goes, "Once I saw that, I knew you were ready for your fight." He goes, "That there was no way." you were going to lose that fight you know, with, with what you did. And I'm like, that's really cool. I said, I, I forgot that I sparred that guy, but that's pretty cool. And I didn't know it. I probably would have been, you know, the more full, but I, you know, it's kind of like round seven, you know, five minutes and you, you're, you just got to, you just got to buckle down and figure it out. Um, so there was fear, but I, I think as I was getting better, it was becoming more and more fun, which is what I wanted it to be. Uh, but, w- but before you get that muscle memory, you're, so you're thinking so much. You're getting hit with everything. You feel like you don't even have time to um, think about what you want to do, and you're going top up in the face, and you're just like, oh, my God, they kicked to the rib. and um, So there was fear right at the beginning, for sure, 100%, quite a bit of it. Um, and you just have to, you know, you, you look at the light of the tunnel and say, well, I, I want to be able to come in here and have some fun. So I got to go through. I got to walk through hell before I, you know, I get to the the promised land. I guess. And um, but towards the end, it was it was becoming really fun for me.
2: One 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 more MMA thing, and, and I and I and then we're gonna move sure. on. But but I want to when I ask this, I I love to ask athletes what hurts. And, and I, and I, I mean this, this way, I remember, uh, talk to a pro football player and, uh, and I'm like, so what hurts, what hurts all the time, you know? And, and he goes, it's my hands football players hands hurt. We hear about their knees. We hear about everything else, mm. but it's their hands. You get hands stepped on. You get them caught in face masks. Imagine trying to grab sure. Derrick Henry as he runs by you, right? And you're trying oh, to grab buddy, him. I
0: don't, with want, I don't want that game. Yeah. And you're trying to yeah, grab, grab want, him with your gig.
2: fingers, right? Or you're a cornerback trying to block a pass that's coming like a bullet from, uh, from Justin Herbert, uh, Hebert, Hebert whatever yeah. his name. You know, that you're, that you're trying to block that pass and it's their hands. I remember I had Mary Louette yeah. and I'm dropping all kind of names on your ass right now. But I asked Mary Lou mm-hmm. what what hurts? And she goes, ankles. Ankles hurt for gymnasts all the time. Always hurts for ankles. Everything yeah. you do is, is, is channeled right into your ankles. Baseball players, it's their shoulders and their, their the, the top of their back, right? Basketball mm. players, lower yeah. back. So what, it, lower back's when they So I ask on an MMA fighter, what is it that typically hurts?
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I, I don't, I I was lucky enough to really not have, um, them, I mean, I, I stopped fighting cause I tore my quad. How did, um, how did and, you uh, do that? Well, it was in my fight. Uh, I had one amateur amateur fight and I tried to come back from it. And then I picked up the guitar, which is, you know, the segue into how I started doing <laughs> music. But so I tore my quad. So I think when, you know, when I'm working out or, or when I'm putting a lot of weight on it or, or, you know, that kind of feels a little weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um i don't i don't think i had too many long lasting injuries i mean for sure I, I would imagine that i have some sort of small degree or i don't know I what degree but I have, i'm i sure i have some sort of cte or something with all the sports and and yeah. you know i've you know getting my bell run quite a few times um never been knocked out cold but you know came pretty close and sparring um but uh yeah so i mean i i don't know uh I think, you know, there's parts of my elbow, I think, where I used to block kicks that, that is, uh, it's, uh, a little thicker than the other one, a little more, uh, gooey, I guess. Um, but, but nothing, nothing crazy, um, uh, you know, that it's like, well, I can pinpoint every time that question's asked to one thing. I don't, I don't, I don't believe I have that.
2: I I don't ever want to describe any part of my body as gooey, all right? I don't ever want to do that, (laughs) ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's thicker. It's just thicker, and and it's just, I don't know. I I mean, a lot of kick. I mean, I'll take that over getting my my ribs kicked. I promise you that. That's (sighs) for sure.
2: I can't imagine. So. Like I said, I can't even. I can't even put myself in that mindset of of saying I'm willingly going to go do that. You know that. I, and and yeah. and the thrill of the competition. Because that's what it boils down to is yeah. the thrill of the competition. Uh So I'm going to take. 100%. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back because what I want to know is, when we come back, we're going to find out which was scarier: walking on stage in front of a big crowd for the first time, or going into the octagon. We're coming right back with Manny Blue on. <laughs> Here's what we know.
1: If you're enjoying this podcast, then maybe you'd like to hear more. Gary Scott Thomas hosts The Morning Show at 95.3 KRTY in San Jose, and you can tune in at krty.com. At 8.30 each weekday morning, Gary and Julie talk to artists, songwriters, and industry insiders. You'll hear from people like Garth Brooks and Luke Combs, new stars like Ingrid Andrus and Maren Morris, and songwriters like Shane McAnally, Lori McKenna, and Luke Laird. You'll find the best in country music on the South Bay's best country, K-R-T-Y.
2: So welcome back. And like I said, here's my thing. Manny, what was scarier? Walking on front of a stage for the first time to sing for people or the octagon the first time.
0: Um, an octagon for sure.
2: Uh thank God for I mean, that. Once, you've, once you've been that. through the
0: octagon <laughs> I'm not completely crazy. Um <laughs> once you've been on once you've once you've gone through that, I mean the stage look, there's there's nerves you want to, you know, but I think it's more about wanting to do as well as I know I can. Uh, that is the nerves more so than the, than the people are just wanting it to come across at the level that I know, uh, well, you know, the band is, and, and we are, um, so it's, it's more so like that, but when you get it, when you step inside a cage and they lock behind you, with another man, who's also trained, a trained killer is, uh, it's terrifying. So really, but you know, there, there aren't you know, a whole lot of things that I'm going to do in my life that, that is going to really compete with that as far as fear.
2: Can I say this and have it taken in the spirit that I meant it, mean it to be? You are way too damn good looking yeah. of a man to be jumping in the damn MMA. <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen Manny, imagine, <laughs> oh, imagine geez, first man. of all, Brent Burns with teeth. Brent Burns with teeth. <laughs> Or you've also got that whole Jason Momoa Aquaman look going on, all right? So I'm just saying, I, dude, that's I'm the so glad time
0: I heard that. I wish that I had the same body, though. Well, I
2: mean, yeah, yeah. Liam, you, you put you in your poor body; it looks so bad. Shut the fuck up! I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> And I, and I say that knowing that there's literally thousands of miles in between us, and I can be all brave. Uh, <laughs> Unreal, dude. But it's but it's 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 the, the fact that you got out just in time, kid. Just in time. You need You don't want to end up yeah. looking out. that. So, music was always something for you. I mean, when when did you find out? When did you when did you get the bug?
0: I think younger, I always, we always had a karaoke machine at home. And my my dad loves a mic. He loves public speaking. He loves singing. Um, My mom grew up playing classical piano. So she'll that, you know, she dabbled with it every now and again. And so we always had a piano in the house and I heard her play her, her scales and and stuff like that every now and again. And, um, you know, we had the karaoke machine and my my dad used to love to sing and I used to try to hop on the mic with him and it was fun. And um, I think there was one karaoke party and I just go, ah, fuck it. Let's just, let's just, you know, break the ice and let's do it. And, and everybody knew my dad can sing, um, cause he was very open about it. Uh, he's not a very shy guy, so he's very confident. And I think I get a lot of that stage presence from him. Um, so everyone kind of knew. And then I, I hopped on and sang the second verse and people started, you know, losing their shit a little bit. And I got really excited. I was like, wow, this is incredible. So, um, as that was going on, I was like, this, this would be cool one day to pursue, but like, you know, um, I'm I'm in, I'm fighting. I'm doing all these things. I I I don't have the. I don't even know where to begin to try to get a you know a, a, a musical or singing career. Um and then uh you know got hurt in MMA and picked up a guitar just because I tried to box and I couldn't I couldn't lean on it. They were like you can't get kicked. I said that's fine. I'll I'll work on my hands. I'll box for for a couple of months. But the, the movement and, and, you know, ducking and slipping punches started putting a lot of weight on my, on my right leg. And, and that kind of became a, a bit of an issue for me. And I was like, let me take an actual break. I'm going to sit down, uh, learn some other scale to do. Uh, um, instead of playing PlayStation all day, I, I want to do something else. Um, so I learned, I picked up the guitar. I'm like, you know what? It might be a fun party trick to know how to, you know, sing and, and play, you know, a couple of bullshit chords to, 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 fumble my way through a song and people and I don't need a backing track. This might be cool. Um and uh and the more I started doing it the more people liked it and the more people liked it the more enjoyable I felt not getting punched in the face was. So uh it was quite a <laughs> it was quite an easy transition over and I think I had my parents especially my mom support really really, really quick.
2: <laughs> you're you're a pretty quick you're a pretty quick learner, champ. Is what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> is what you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you want to you you jump on the Jason Aldean side of life instead of the George St. Pierre. I'm just saying, if you have the option, go that route. I'll
0: take it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take it because, um, you know, but I think it also is a matter of really wanting to learn and really wanting to put in the time and the dedication to it. And I think for better or worse, my dad always said that I was tunnel vision. Uh, and whatever it was that I wanted to do, and I study, I study it. You know, I used to go to hockey games when I was a kid, and I'm playing high school hockey, like shit, don't matter. But I'm watching the defenseman that plays my to my side, and how he goes in the corner, and when he pinches, when he done pinch, when he's doing all these things. Um, and I wanted to know. I, I, and so it kind of became whatever I was doing, whether it was MMA, I would watch fights for hours. I knew exactly every uh, you could name me the UFC card, and I knew if it was pay per view, and I knew who was headlining it, and I knew who was fighting on it. And I used to watch hours and hours of MMA fights, the Thai bo- Thai boxing. Uh, you know, different stances, different things, different movements. And so, I think guitar and performing and uh, all that kind of thing just became one of one of those things that I I really dedicated all my time to.
2: You know, you are part of a trend that's happened in the past 10, 15 years of singers with athletic backgrounds getting into the music mm-hmm. business. And I and I had this conversation. I had it with Brett Young, who you know, who played minor league baseball, played college baseball. And uh, and, and his thing was, I'm like, did the com- did the competitive nature help you? And And his thought was, yeah, because when it boils down to it, it's my song against your song to get on the radio. It, do you do you feel that competitive nature is what's propelled you? Because, like I said, you're a guy with the, you got a, one one point one two million subscribers. You know, you've had millions of streams. I mean, it, it, is that where that drive comes from? Is just that natural competitive drive? Have you seen it have an effect on your career?
0: I think so, but I think I, I mean I don't know if it's necessarily competing to against other. I think that I mean I think for sure there's got to be a little bit of that, but I think if I took that with me, I don't think I would have any friends in the industry. Uh, to me, it's more about just competing about being the best that you can, right? I know I love to look back at her performances and, and see what I could have done better, and knowing what I felt in that moment, what was going on, and sometimes. Yeah, you know, the in ear monitors are not what you hope they'd be. You don't hear your voice the same way. You don't. You know, it could be any any sorts of things, and and just finding a way to battle through it and still put on a hell of a performance is is kind of a goal. So, to me, it's more about beating and getting better. Uh, uh, from the last the last time I was out, um, and I think that we, you know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one was really, I was able to to get. You know, I really worked hard on my vocals. I I thought that there's, you know, you, you know. I love rock music and, and I think that, uh, you know, I think country's got a lot of storytelling. I think rock got a lot of uh, ability and, and really there's a lot of really, really cool, uh, and really incredible uh, vocalists in rock. And, and I kind of took that and I said, let's let's put some, you know, if we got some, you know, country music storytelling with some rock type vocals or, or abilities, I can do some runs and things like that and obviously a guy like Chris Stace was gonna be the number one example of that. Um uh, you know, it was it was that it was just getting but what what do, where are the holes and what do I need to get better and, and that's kinda of what the the competition is because at the end of the day if I'm doing the best that I can do, uh, you know, I've got I've got confidence in my ability, you know, across the board and I feel like I can compete with almost anybody, uh at any level or you know, uh passive whatever so you know i just i just want to be the best that, that i can be um and it's about not getting lazy and it's about wanting to to do well uh and not just necessarily relying on the song but the performance the ability uh what you know the way that you want to portray yourself now obviously social media being a whole a whole deal uh took me a little bit of getting used to because uh, i'm relatively a private person and, and you know um having to to break that mold a little bit was, was quite a challenge but I mean that falls in the part of the gig, right? So it's just about all the aspects of things that we gotta do, um, just being the best that you can be at it. Um and, you know, I, I hate I hate quitting and I hate um knowing that I did like the bitch version of it. You know what I mean? So, um it, it's just about trying to trying to do the the best that you can and I compete with myself, quite honestly. I mean you you look around what's going on and you I like to see, you know, what's working and, and what people are doing and have a good idea and a concept of what's going on in country, what's going on in rock a little bit too. Um, but, but, I mean, it, 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 at the end of the day, all of that doesn't mean shit if I'm not doing what I need to do, right? So that's kind of the last
2: year. Well, it's also picking the right song or finding the right song or competing for the right song. And and the fact that you guys, you've been you've been working with some no-name talent, no-name, like Ryan Hurd and Craig Wiseman and Jesse Armstrong and, and, and you know, no-talents like guys like... Hardy, I mean, you know, these guys are never going to make it. Okay, first of all, the fact that heard of him? <laughs> the fact that you work with JT Harding, I had JT as a guest on this podcast, right, and he was actually in studio. I've known JT for a while. The two of you, I just can't imagine the. You know, because JT man, boy, he never stops. He is a ping pong ball in a small room. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> have you have, have you been in the room and worked with him at
0: no unfortunately i haven't and a lot of those songs came from uh a publisher oh. um we got to work on new ink we got to work on new ink with smack uh songs and and Aaron, uh, who who is a songwriter and a publisher a songwriter and a producer for from smack and so we were able to get some of those songs and i don't get to see the writers most of the time until i take a song and get the lyrics and see if it's, you know, re- read along with it because you don't always hear every word perfect on a on a demo. So um, just make sure that it's a message or something that I feel uh, strongly about that I want to say. Because um, you know, as as a guy who doesn't write very much, I also don't want to just sing about bullshit too, right? So um, we probably go through twenty, thirty songs before I pick the five that are going to be on the EP. And um, so when I when I get the the lyric sheet and see some of those names on there, it, it is quite. Uh, um, shocking and exciting at the same time uh to, to know that there's some of these these heavy-hitting songwriters that you know have these songs just laying around and no one no one's grabbing them and somehow i feel like uh you know someone may maybe made a mistake sending them to me but i'm like I, if we got them let's get them you know what i mean let's let's, let's take them so um it, it's 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 cool and we're, you know i've been very fortunate to have the relationship with some of those songwriters that um, We were able to get the songs from from Smack. So the relationship with Smack, and then getting to meet some of the songwriters in person after you know we put the song out, and you know getting messages from them and running into them you know there around Nashville has been cool. So
2: um yeah, I'd imagine you and Hardy would be two peas in the pod. Uh, knowing Hardy like I do, and now getting a chance to know you, it's, it seems like you and Hardy would just be right there, man. You'd you'd be you'd yeah. be ready to go. I mean, I've been.
0: I didn't I didn't know he wrote the song. I heard the song the one time cuz it, it came it came kind of by itself. So I'm like we need something heavier. We need something, you know, a little bit edgier. Uh, and this one came in uh, email by itself. Um, and my manager called me and he goes, "What's Hardy's first name?" I said, "Michael." He goes, "Oh, ah. <laughs> he wrote that song I was like what the fuck so it was pretty crazy um, so maybe maybe I, maybe we'll put it out in the universe and say we can maybe do a collaboration one day or something just like get in the room and, and maybe writing or you know with a little more intent um, you know but anyway whatever I mean I'm a, I'm a huge Hardy fan I think he's one of the guys that You know, is a change in the game to a certain degree, and um, and I love it. And I think he can sing his ass off too. So that makes that makes it all the more exciting.
2: Well, I think, that knowing the people, because I've been doing this for a while, so I know most of these people, and Craig Wiseman, yeah. you'll laugh your ass off. He's the biggest damn redneck in the world, and he's just hilarious, <laughs> and Ryan Hurd is the coolest guy in the room. He's just always going to be the coolest guy in the room, and he's 19 freaking feet tall. So, you know, he's got that. No, by yeah. the way, hey, I'm sleeping with Maren Morris. What are you doing? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Is that good? <laughs> yeah, is that good? And and Jesse, Jesse Alexander is just this tremendous talent and just the sweetest woman and everybody everybody falls in love with Justin alexander and jt harding you'll have the best time because i swear to god he's a chihuahua he's a chihuahua who just drank a red bull and so he's like but his talent is just crazy that he can just find a line and go hey let's go here you know, yeah. So you'll have and anyway. I
0: mean, look, songwriting. Is, uh, Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. Oh no. So, I mean, songwriting it, 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 and it is a skill in it itself, and, and it's not one that I, I, I necessarily possess or, or, or really. Uh, I, I tried it, and it's and it's. It, there's other things I'd rather work on than that. So you know, knowing that there's some people out there who can you know write three songs a day and crank them out and take one idea and turn it into a three minute thing is. It is quite fascinating for me, and and uh, I'm I'm really lucky and, and fortunate. There's enough people out there that, that that do it so that we I can get some songs to record.
2: Yeah, well, I tell you, I love Aaron's. Uh, I saw Aaron was one of the co-writers. Uh, my favorite's what I was playing just when we first came on. Uh, I uh, I I'm, I I love the uh, might as well lead. You know, and, and kids, if you haven't mm-hmm. heard it. If you're going to dance with the devil, you might as well lead. How great of a title is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and you, I know. your performance was, again, I've been listening to you and stuff like that. And I love, I love, like a train. I, I love all that stuff. I think your performance on Might as Well Lead is one of your best. That's just me talking.
0: I mean, it's emotional. Um, it, I felt it, you know, at a certain point, that song came along and it came at the perfect time. And um, it gets, it gets emotional. You know what I mean? So um, when we played it live for the first time, uh, my girlfriend was there, and she and you know that song is for sure about her and um i I, nearly, I had to i had to get pull my pull myself back together to sing the last song and um it was uh it was it's definitely emotional so i appreciate I appreciate you saying that about the performance because that's the song that to me um and it, it it always has a little something in the performance uh, for sure when you get a song like that, that means so much
2: so did you? Do you actually own that jacket from the video or was that wardrobe? Or is that your jacket, big dog? <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, that's mine. Um yeah. I, I have I haven't really ever had wardrobe. Um we did it I think for one photo shoot. But did I try to put it together myself? Uh sometimes I I actually yeah, DIY. That pink one isn't. So I went online and I said I needed a statement that was, you know, that made the point I was trying to Get across. I love passion, so to me, it's a fun thing to do. um So I went online and I found. I was like, "This is what I'm looking for. Let me see if I can find something." And 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 that I want. And I'm like, "This is insane. This this is actually absolutely ludicrous." And I love it. <laughs> yep. And you know what? I think it's been it's been fun to do that lately because you know when I moved to Nashville, it's kind of was kind of like be like this, be like that, not too much, but a little bit, but. Yeah. And and now I just get to have fun, and everyone in my camp now is letting me just be as wild as I want to be. They're like, "Yo, just do, the, hey, we, we can't we can't stop this train now, so just keep going, do do whatever it is that you want to do that you feels, you know, cool." And and so to have that support for me is awesome. So that that jacket I think weighs close to thirty pounds. Holy crap! Um, so I need the help to get that on and can't take it off. But uh, it's it, I don't I, you know what when I when I saw it online, I'm like I'm gonna wear this. In the video, and I'm gonna wear this for for performance, and I don't know if I'm ever gonna wear that uh, for a performance or anything like that. That that thing is that thing's a, a beast on itself,
2: <laughs> y'all. Now, if you haven't seen the video, first of all, you got to go look it up. Manny Blue, and he spells it B L U, right? So you got to go look it up, mm-hmm. and you got to see the video. And it is a pink jacket with with stabby swords all over it. It's it is the most amazing thing. And yeah. here's the thing: it's pink and and it and and it's one of those jackets that you better be a complete badass to wear it i'm just saying manny you will never see me in a jacket like that because because you just wouldn't believe it and and it would be an invitation to get my ass kicked it would i mean that'd be great there'd be year 78 year old one-legged women coming up going i'm gonna kick your ass right now for wearing that jacket uh, so you got it, it, and i i remember seeing the video and i'm like oh hell yeah look at that and and, and and going from there because the song and then I fell in love with the song and the whole concept of it and and you know what you're a good actor you're a good actor I bought into everything you were doing in that video
0: thanks man yeah um uh, yeah I, it's kind of some interesting that I've, I have thought of and. Um, I had acted, I, did, I, I was sort of the, the lead, the main lead guy on the early videos that we had done. And, and I was like, you know what? I think we can, we can get some, some actors in here. Um, I'll just, I think the performing, there there's a little bit of acting in, I think, but I think just getting into the song and, and putting your, you know, whatever stance or, or, or character you, you take within the song, I think it is, act, you know, partially getting in the zone and, and acting a little bit, but, um, yeah, and I, and I, once we were filming that one, uh, we had the the male and the female actors, and I'm like, man, you know what? For the next one, I think I'd like to act a little bit and do some, maybe uh, like be a bartender or a janitor or be someone in the background, kind of. I think that would be really funny if if you have the main two people, you know, doing their thing, cause the message has to get across correctly. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm like, that would be cool, and maybe I don't know, you know, if, if things go the way, you know, in some in some capacity, be. I see Post Malone as a as a he was a, in that movie with Wahlberg and he was a uh, jail uh, guy a prisoner and he had all his tattoos and he looked pretty he looked like a a prisoner and and I was like man that's cool if, if ever there's a, an opportunity that comes up I mean obviously music's always number one but I'd be in, I'd be interested in an acting role in some capacity at some point someday.
2: I think you can pull it off because you don't even have to be the villain anymore. You know, the, the, the big thing in, 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 in literature and you're starting to see it in movies is the anti-hero, the hero who's the badass, but he's got the heart of goal, but he don't look like he's got the heart of goal, right? He looks like, you know, intimidating and scares the hell out of people. And then you find out he's all about doing the right thing. And when I saw you, I'm like, yeah, that's it. You could pull that off. And, you know, watching you sing the song and just going through the whole thing. I'm like, hey, yeah, that right there, that's, that's what you're doing when that's how you're, that's how you're going with that. I, uh, I, I, I just, I think there's just, there's so many possibilities for you. And when you go back and you look at, when you talked about the best thing about you being in Nashville right now i i'm a big believer in you're the right place you're at the right place at the right time that's how things happen mm. and and i've been yeah. i've been in country music for a long time and 15 20 years ago you're exactly right they would tell you here's what you're going to sing. here's what you're going to wear here's what you're going to say mm. you know and now with with the advent of what we're on right now social media you get to, yeah. Nashville goes to you going. What do you got? What do you got? You know, show, show us what you got. We got enough of these. What is it that makes you different? And so right. you're coming along right at the right time. I know you describe. Well, I don't know if you are the other people in in your camp. But describe it as country punk, and and mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I sit back and I totally understand where that's come from because punk in the in the musical scene. I was in radio in the '80s too. Punk was the was the cutting edge? It wasn't. It wasn't socially unacceptable. It was just the cutting edge. I'm going to go right up to the end yeah. of where we're going. It wasn't anarchy. It was just uh-huh. let's go all the way to the edge of where we're going. And exactly. I, I, I think you're, exactly. you're there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think punks a spirit, right? Punks not necessarily a sound. Grade. I like really fast beats and loud drums and guitars, but um, not every song is going to have that for it to be, you know. What I call country punk to me, it's more of a vibe and just wanting to to stand stand outside. It's, it's alternative country, really, and, and I think there's space for it. And um, it, it's just been fun to, to make it whatever it is that I felt. You know, I, my my manager, my team had challenged me to get more creative and you know get more involved. It, once we once we switched over uh, uh, management and things like that, and um, they they kind of let me do my thing now, and, and it, it it makes it really really. More exciting and more fascinating to be involved and you know direct a music video that we've got come in and uh, do all these things that that you know kind of work the creative mind and it really it becomes something that I really have now created and something that I you know they made my brand and and everything I've done is is as authentic as it could be because it's got my fingerprint on all of it. Now I'm not the only one doing some sort of you know pop punk influenced country type thing, but you know nobody really called it anything and. Um, you know, we took some shit on early on saying I'm ruining this, I'm ruining that or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, everybody, you know, people started doing it and that they haven't, uh, they, you know, haven't uh, uh, heard about pop or, or sorry, punk and country mixing. And I'm like, yeah, we've been doing it since January. I said 2021, so you're a country punk and you know, I thought there was no better way to cap it off with with the country punky EP on December 31st. So um, I'm definitely not the only one doing it, uh, but I haven't heard anybody, you know, take that claim. And, and I took shit for it. So I'm going to I'm going to hold that flag nice and tight.
2: Well, and the truth of it is, if you're not doing something to piss somebody off somewhere, you're probably not doing it right. Or at least you're not doing it interestingly.
0: Well, the thing is, I got I got some messages from from folks who who said that I you know I won't last in a punk venue, or I'm not punk, and this is not punk, and that's not punk. And it's like you stand like the exact people that you were pissing off 30 years ago and you're a garage band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like. Everybody wants to get like I had get I took some I took some heat for early on and it was like, hey, man, you, you are becoming the person that you were trying to piss off before. Uh, I'm just I, I'm not even trying to piss nobody off. I'm just trying to do it my way because, you know, I was told I'm too loud for country. I'm too country for rock. Where do I fit and all this all this bullshit? And I said, well, I don't know why it has to be one or the others. I'm making music that I really enjoy and I'm really having fun with and and kind of putting together a brand and I enjoy fashion. So I'm going to wear whatever the hell it is that I want, whether that's country or not or punk or not or whatever it is. So it's just a matter of of being uniquely yourself and and, and being authentic. And, um, you know, my mom looked at my manager and said, I've never seen Manny have more fun in music than he's having right now with this country punk thing that you guys are putting together. So To me, that means a lot. And I know that that means that we're we're on the right
2: track. You know what I love? I love the fact that you were catching hell from the punk people. I love that because you know, one of the things that pisses me off, you know, the the things that pisses me off and you where you lose me, you know, when they find out I've been working in country uh, radio and country music is anybody who comes up to me and goes, that ain't country. I am now yeah. gone because I've been doing this since literally nineteen seventy-six, right? So I've I've seen everything. And 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 it's like yeah. I, I I everything changes. And if you don't change, you die. Rock music right now yeah. is in the throes of dying because your top touring bands yeah. are 70 and 80-year-old men, right? Because they won't let yeah. anybody change. Yeah. They won't let anybody look be no. different and go and go different. And the fact that country Angry. music has allowed to change and change and change. Change, I think it's great, and I love the fact that it's the old freaking Sex Pistols people who are now pissed off that they get to define what punk is. I love that,
0: and I mean, yeah, it's, it's the spirit of punk. I mean, they're got you know, guys are doing it in rap, and guys are doing it all over the place, and it's just it's more it's the spirit. It's, it's about mm-hmm. it's about doing what you want to do, and, and really standing outside the box, right? And so, yeah, so I think it was quite funny. I mean, I. Uh, I you know taking shit from from punk guys at first I was kind of like shit what are we doing and then I, I was like you know what we're we're doing something right if if the guy you know I mean it, it's about it, it's about being unapologetically yourself right that's what punk is that's it's about going against the grain and not like I said not anarchy not you know, like ruthless, nothing mm-hmm. crazy, but, but, you know, but it, 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 it might anger some people and, and that's fine. And, and the beauty is they, they spend, you know, I don't know how long on my video commenting and stuff, and It's like, it would have been over a lot quicker. And I just kept scrolling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. TikTok, it keeps playing over and over if you're, if you're writing it, if you're, if you're taking time to write a nice long paragraph and tell me how shit I am and how the songs suck and how it's not punk and all these things. And you kept scrolling and it's over. You know, you you kept yourself in that, in that mess longer than you had to. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, you can't logic at that point with anybody. So, you know, I, I just looked at it and said, Hey, I think we're doing something right because I've got a lot of also, I mean, those are the fun ones to to discuss. And, and, but I mean, I've gotten a lot of really positive messages saying of people from small towns who, you know, work on the family's farm in the day and love going to the metal bar at night and they got gauges in their ear and they got purple hair and they don't feel like they fit. And, these are two worlds colliding and and if I can do that, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily deserve that crown just yet, but if I can do anything like that for anybody, I think that that that, that means we're doing something right and uh, and that means a lot to me. So um, it's for anybody who wants to stand a little bit outside, anybody who wants to party with some with a story and some loud music behind it
2: I guarantee you you get more positive comments than you do any of the negative comments. And the fact that the yeah, fact that you live in their head now means you win. All right. That's just it. Rent free, that's, baby. The, that's the thing. You rent for free. That's what I always think about when people say, Oh, you sucker. I hate you and this, like that. And I'm like, Well, thank you for letting me live there. My mail will be delivered on Tuesdays. It's great. Thanks for letting me be there. Exactly. You know? so it's, Dude, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing. And, and, and it goes back to your life prepares you for what you need to do. And it goes back to the question I asked you almost an hour ago. How do you overcome fear? And the moment you talk that story right there. That's why you went through everything you did because at that moment mm-hmm. you were probably more fearful of when you said, "What the hell am I doing? What the hell are we even doing right now?" That was yeah. that was something that you probably never did in the octagon ring, which is where fear lived. And the octagon prepared yeah. you to say, "All right, I can push through this." Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. It is, and you know, honestly, people ask me why. Why if you walk down?
0: I mean, I, at one point I thought MMA was my life and my destiny was the UFC championship belt at some point, you know, um, when that didn't happen, it's like, well, you did all that just to get Atlanta music. And it's like, yeah, but now moving forward, there's going to be, you know, anything other than joining the military and going to war, there's nothing that I'm going to do. That's going to be, you know, more stressful or, or more fearful than, than, than fighting. So, um, I I can handle it all now. You know what I mean? It's all easy now. It's all fun.
2: (laughs) I have had so much fun. This has been such a delight. And I I, I I knew when I sat back and started doing the deep dive on you, I'm like, I like this kid. I like this kid a lot. Thanks, man. <laughs> and, and Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's it's fun, and, and I'm just so happy that I love you people who find you on your own path. And I love it when you're just brave enough to go the hell down it. Because, you know, my, my New Year's resolution, and I, and I was telling uh, my wife this, is I don't want to be afraid of anything. I don't want to be, you know, change happens all the time. Things happen all the time. And I don't want to be afraid of anything. And the fact that you're walking that path, my friend. And you figured it out at a really young age. Good to hell for you.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for having me. This was really, really fun. And, and, uh, and I appreciate all the kind words that you said about me. And, uh, we'll do it again sometime soon
2: i'm sure hey we'll do this again you're just too damn much fun to talk yeah. to and we'll go down we'll go down all kind of crazy ass <laughs> topics now right so now that oh, I know, dude, we can do anything yeah now that oh, i anyway. know you're open to going hey yeah we'll we'll go down all kind of crazy ass topics so you and i we're gonna do this again let's do it i'm, I'm excited
0: that's that's awesome
1: Thanks for joining us this week. If you loved this episode, please subscribe, download a few more episodes, and please leave a review. Reviews really help us get this out to more people like you. Also, we'd love to hear what your favorite part was. Be sure to join us on social media to engage in even more unexpected conversations. Until next time.